chapter 36 part 2 of autobiography memories and experiences volume 2 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by michelle fry baton rouge louisiana autobiography memories and experiences volume 2 by moncure conway in 1869 i devoted my summer vacation to russia at berlin i found my american friend reverend joseph jenks episcopalian we traveled to copenhagen where there was an admirable exposition and thence to stockholm there i visited the old house of swedenborg and at the theergarten which exhibited several swedenborgian relics discovered on the top of his little organ pieces of music black with dust which had belonged to swedenborg but had escaped notice from the day of reaching st petersburg i felt that i was in a country concerning which all my prejudices had been misleading we could not speak russian but we could appreciate the grandeur of isaac cathedral the tenderness of the sacred pictures the greatness of the art galleries and the gentle happy faces of the people at a summer garden in the city's outskirts we witnessed the dances of the folk and the play of a high fountain with changing colors in which finally arose three graces it was all artistic merry innocent in every respect superior to the gardens for amusement which i had seen in england and germany i traveled alone to moscow where my friend eugene schuyler charge d'affaires had secured for me a room in the house he was occupying with Schuyler for interpreter, I made sufficient acquaintance with Russia and its people to feel ashamed for the English that prejudice should blind them so generally to this great country whose character and social conditions are of phenomenal interest. In the superb club at Moscow, whose hospitality was accorded me, I found as many magazines in Russian as are published in England or in America in English there were monthly or quarterly periodicals devoted to agriculture and to the several sciences and to art and literature instead of finding an oppressed people i found a people enjoying a personal liberty unknown either in england or america no sabbatarian laws no restrictions on freedom of speech no limitations on any conduct not criminal and no fictitious crimes made by arbitrary statutes an english scholar w s ralston having perfected himself in russian learning found in england that his special knowledge appealed to no interest he struggled against poverty and starvation in london until his heart broke his mind gave way and he ended with suicide ralston who was highly appreciated in russia gave me introduction to professor buslaif of moscow it was a main object with me to study the demonology of every country I visited, and Buslaf had studied and reproduced all the medieval frescoes and mural paintings in his country. He did not speak English, but brought into our interviews his daughter of seventeen years, who had been well taught by her English governess and interpreted intelligently between us. The professor gave me his volume of plates, and so lucidly explained them that wherever I went thereafter, the ancient church walls were luminous with the light of ages. The satire of Shakespeare in Twelfth Night on the anguish of Christians when their kindred ascend to paradise is not applicable to the Russian believers. I attended a grand banquet in celebration of a nobleman's entrance on eternal bliss, 
and his son's succession to the title and estates the table at which a hundred aristocratic guests were seated was loaded with luxuries the finest wines were quaffed and the happiness of all including the late ascended gentleman was recognized in festal speeches i was invited with schuler to pass a few days at the residence of a wealthy baron twenty miles out of moscow we arrived on saturday morning and drove through a large park to the palatial mansion the weather was hot and we were introduced into a very large boudoir its walls flowers where around a central fountain the baroness and her four daughters half reclining were enjoying sherbets and cigarettes a little stand with these luxuries being beside each they were all dressed in snowy gowns and the daughters between seventeen and twenty-three years of age in appearance remarkably fair they all spoke english french and german but the baron and his two sons knew only russian and german the ladies arose and received us graciously and the baroness ordered for us cigars caviar and vodka after we had conversed a few minutes schuler told the young ladies that i was a personal friend of john stuart mill whereupon they all came and bowed low to me declaring in perfect english that mill's book demanding freedom for women was their bible yes said the eldest i sleep with that book under my pillow about noon we all went to an ornamental water in the park for a bath there were marble benches and stairs to the water the ladies going to one side of the pond and the gentlemen to the other bathing dresses being entirely dispensed with after this further siesta cigarettes and conversation this conversation was mostly on books the ladies were well acquainted with the best english and french literature and were delighted at what i could tell them of the authors personally the dinner was at four and lasted two or three hours schuler and i were somewhat embarrassed by the variety and quantity of the wines the baron every now and then ordered a new vintage to be brought and i have a note recording nine different wines which we could not refuse without offence to our effusive host but we managed to make some disappear otherwise than down our throats on sunday we were taken on an excursion to Tratica, trinity convent probably the oldest in russia founded by saint sergius the saint who in russia stands next to saint george sergius began his conversion of the heathen by converting a bear the convent contains a vast accumulation of religious antiquities the most interesting being a large agate whose markings apparently natural is a figure in priestly robes kneeling before a cross schuler told me that the genuineness of the picture had been much discussed and the opinion of scientific men was that it is a sport of nature as it would be more miraculous to imagine an ancient monk knowing any lost art by which such veining could be made in the grain of the agate without detection by experts finding that i was especially interested in folklore and demonology one of the young ladies also interested in such subjects proposed that i should remain a day longer and accompany her to an estate of her father's where there was a village of peasants formerly their serfs if i should go without any one who knew them she said they would be shy of telling anything about their superstitions eugene schuler who had to return to moscow cast an envious eye on me as in the bright summer morning i started off in a dog-cart driven by the loveliest of charioteers she had loaded the vehicle with delicacies to give to the sick and aged among the peasants 
they were just as much attached to them she said as when they were their serfs they all remained at their work and in the same houses and the czar's act of emancipation had produced no convulsion or trouble at all when we reached the village the young lady was everywhere saluted she drove around to call on each invalid and after the benefactions took me to visit an old widow versed in folklore when we entered she told the woman what i desired and the humble hostess led me by the hand to a corner of the room to a special decorated chair just beneath a holy picture much of the information she gave me is strewn about in my demonology and devil lore but i may say here that after making further studies of russian folklore i have been interested to remember how free the peasant woman's versions were from the somber and weird superstitions of earlier times the demovois house spirits which once terrorized slavic families are now occasionally mischievous but really good-natured sprites the vampire is no longer dreaded after making my notes in the widow's cabin i went through the village and noted the communal signs over one door is painted a plow over another a mule and so on with other costly things that all have need of each villager secures an appointed time when he may use that which belongs to all there was unconscious poverty in this and other villages which i visited but no squalor no violence and no painful scenes the russian peasantry impressed me as the happiest i had seen in any country and there is nothing better than happiness they have each their parcel of land untaxed and perfect freedom they have their sunday festivals and dances no anxieties about their souls and no politics to divide and excite them they have their pretty sweethearts and wives they have no strikes no ambitions ignorant they may be in a bookish sense but how many bookish people are ignorant of things known to these humble folk who live amid their fruits and harvests bees and birds after a happy week in moscow i traveled to the great fair at nizhna novgorod the journey was more than twenty-four hours because the czar was on our train and at every town and village through which we passed he was received with ceremony in each case the train stopped about fifty yards short of the town and the czar was out there received by the authorities who proffered on a silver waiter a roll of bread and a little salt the czar touched the bread in the salt cellar then took a bite of it a chorus of maidens or of little girls in white raiment sang his welcome a brief address was made and responded to and having eaten their bread and salt and become their inviolable guest the czar passed on into and out of the town it was impossible to look without a certain homage on this czar who has passed into history as the assassinated emancipator he was a tall slender man perfectly simple and lowly in his manner his countenance intellectual and refined his voice gracious and even tender although his escort was in uniform he himself wore the ordinary dress of a citizen with a hardly observable decoration and this man who liberated more people than lincoln without shedding a drop of blood and secured to each emancipated family a piece of land and was slain like lincoln finds no place in the anglo-saxon halls of fame arriving at nizhna novgorod in the evening i found it beyond the region of hotels and was glad enough to find a liquor shop that could give me a pallet in the corner of a small eating-room they knew no english but some german and i could manage with that i was too tired to be suspicious the fair was already busy at sunrise 
the scenes and wonders of that fair were incomparable unique ah the revelation of races complexions costumes voices languages how delightful my heart responded to the vedic prayer quote, unwearied may i dwell on the many-colored world end quote i heard and heeded the mullah's call to prayer and in the cool marble mosque had it in my heart to thank allah that no muslim was ever converted by any missionary and with the same sympathy i listened to the choirs in the russian and the greek churches through the interminable little path streets amid booths tents shows i wandered during most of the day then rambled through the old town to the river with the intention of taking a bath but i found it more interesting to lie on the sands and observe the many colored enjoying themselves in the water men and women were swimming and splashing gaily in proximity all in purest naturalibus an official who spoke fair english said to me quote, all the women who go in naked are respectable no prostitute ever does that it is a sort of religious duty to go under water on saturday in this religion End quote the paradisiac innocency of the scene was broken in only one instance a beautiful girl of about eighteen years administered a resounding slap to the cheek of a youth who in some way had offended her he cried repeatedly being of what my fault but she straightway left the river with a burning face dressed herself and departed all the time he stood near clasping his hands and crying piteously Vina what poor unconscious reptile who had revealed to an eve that she was naked and left thorns where just now were lilies of my six weeks stay in this first visit to russia i must content myself with gathering here only a few notes but every day was crowded with precious experiences and charming surprises at the fair i observed closely the cossacks and felt ashamed that i had ever thought of those simple manly people as vile the russians the most slandered people on the face of the earth discovered to me how much i had yet to learn of the rich varieties of fruits that grow in the garden of the earth i envied my friend schuler his residence among them the happiness of which he fully appreciated we used to sit together at our dejeuner enjoying our buckwheat and caviar and realizing that it was more the loss of anglo-saxondom than of russia that this land was caviar to the general End of chapter 36